Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. And for those of you that are Team Sunny, here you go. He came and climbed up my leg, wanted to say hi this morning. So there you go, Team Sunny. Uh, it is Wednesday, September 28th, and we have a lot of stuff to talk about. A couple of things that we have talked about over the last 48 hours perhaps may have already happened. All right, go now. Go for it. So, first and foremost, the 10-year note. You can go back and watch the video. I believe it was Monday morning. Monday morning, if memory serves, the 10-year note was about 3.7, 3.72 Monday morning. I put out a question. When would the 10-year note hit 4%? Most of us guessed sometime in October. I was late October. Yes, I was late October. Some of you guessed November. I do believe one person guessed September, but nobody guessed tomorrow. Yes, folks, I don't know if you saw it, but the 10-year note hit 4% yesterday evening. It only hit it for a very, very brief moment and is down today. But let's be clear. The question was, when would the 10-year note hit 4%? And the answer was, tomorrow. Yeah, I got that one way wrong. I guessed October 24th. I was not even close, not even close. So again, it hit uh, t- uh, 4%. Uh, second, I forgot to mention, we are doing another deep dive. We are bringing on experts about twice a month on this channel to talk about an area that they are focused on. We have the one and only Rylus Dana with us this Saturday, 9 o'clock. Many of you have asked for probate deep dive. So we are going to go into what is probate, uh, how to use it, how to uh, perhaps work with attorneys to find probate deals. We are going to go deep on whatever is important to you. You asked for probate. We are doing it this Saturday. You will have to be a member of my course to interact with the expert. But as always, you won't have to wait long. 24 hours later, 9 a.m. Sunday, we will post the full video for all of you to watch. So I hope you enjoy that. I hope you enjoy us giving back as much as we can. So probate, I have not sent out the Zoom invite yet. That will happen today. I just need to uh, do that. (coughs) Put it in the Facebook group and put it on Teachable. Uh, Something else we talked about. I think this might have been Saturday. We talked about, hey, just curious. It might have been Sunday. It might have been Sunday. If you had to guess which company might pre-announce Apple or Tesla, again, the question was pre-announce first. Again, the whole idea of the question was, hey, both of these companies are amazing and awesome. However, they are on the higher-end consumer product. They also have a dependence on China. So it was an interesting mental exercise. I don't know if you saw it, but Apple, 
uh, has essentially told suppliers not to plan for 96 million, instead do 90. Again, I would not consider that an earnings pre-announcement by any stretch, but it is interesting to see how we can see the dominoes occurring and they are happening faster and faster and faster. So again, I don't think I would call this a pre-announcement by any stretch, but you can see the logic that we have is playing out in the real economy. Now to Tesla. Again, Tesla did not did not come out and pre-announce. That's not what I'm saying. But somebody that I consider the biggest Tesla bull, Meet Kevin. Meet Kevin did a deep dive on Tesla's balance sheet income statements around FX or currency charges. And it looks like, again, Meet Kevin's back of the napkin math shows that Tesla may have a real large FX hit this year or this quarter, this quarter. Even if they hit their delivery numbers, the FX charge will really hurt earnings per share. So again, the things that we talked about over the weekend, they seem to be coming fast and furious. So again, pretty crazy to think about. Um, but yes, I don't think either of those count as pre-announcements, but it's nice to see that our logic is actually working out. New home sales. Damn. I don't I don't know that anybody saw this coming. New home sales, shocking, surprise, up, up, up. New home sales were up uh, 28, yes, folks, 28.8%. I will say that again. New home sales in the month of August, up 28.8%. Now, let's talk about why. Frankly, we all know that interest rates backed up in July. We also know that builders are being aggressive with finished product. So it would, logically speaking, if you were going to have a surprise good month, August was the month. I think this is the last good new home sales number for the year. Rates are over seven. Ten-year went over four. Mortgage rates for 20% down. Best credit owner offer over seven. 7.08% last I checked. That's the average. Investors, I haven't looked, but it's got to be over eight, right? Crazy. So again... I'm not sitting here declaring victory or a turn in the market. That's not what we are experiencing, but the facts are the facts. New home sales in August up 28.8%. 685,000 homes sold. That is up from 532,000 in July. Again, good number. Builders gave credits, all of those things. Next, median sale price of new homes for the month of August. This number is not as good as it appears. And I want to say that again. New home sales median price is not as good as it appears. So the median home price for August was 436 grand. In July it was 439. So rough and tough, let's call it 1%. It's less than 1%, but we'll round to 1%. I will sit here right now and tell you that is a bogus number. How can it be? Well, 
I've been in the game long enough to know that on the top of the closing statement is in this case 436. And then the seller gave credit for this, 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 credit for this. So it would not shock me if the net number was down another 3%, 4%, something like that. Again, the median home price, I don't think is strong as it looks, but hey, I can only report the numbers that are out there. So again, I think this is the last good new home sales report, but hey, it was a barn burner up 28%. That's, that's shocking. I don't know what else to say. Shocking. Bank of England. Bank of England, Bank of England, my opinion only, just panicked. My opinion. If you haven't been paying attention, uh, there's a lot of uh, currency devaluation going on uh, in England. The British pound is at, I don't know, seemingly record lows. I think it bottomed at 103 to the U.S. dollar. And um, first off, I think there's a hedge fund out there that's going to blow up. Currencies don't generally move this fast in that brief a window. And I think at least one hedge fund got caught offside and blew up. We won't know for a couple of weeks. But usually in the currency market, when there's these violent moves, somebody blows up. I think we will know in the next two, maybe three weeks. But it is out there. So what happened to the Bank of England? If you rewind the clock one week, the Bank of England was saying, they are going to raise rates and sell, uh, basically reduce their balance sheet, what we call quantitative tightening. All this stuff happens over in England. I do not purport to be a specialist in uh, anything other than my market, but I'm just reading the headlines with you. And the currency devalues and devalues quickly. The Bank of England just came out and said, we are not going to sell. In fact, we are going to buy. So they have gone from a stance of quantitative tightening to quantitative easing. Folks, that is a Fed pivot. Now, it's a Fed pivot or a central bank pivot, to be clear, central bank pivot for the England, not the US. But I believe this is what Wall Street and the market is trying to do in the US. The, the market is going to shove pain at the Fed and say, bail me out. The question will be, will Powell panic like the Central Bank of England? Or will he go, you know, the Heisman, the middle finger, whatever your analogy is, to the market? I believe Powell wants to break the Fed put. I think the market's going to test him. I think the U.S. market might test him twice. We will see what's coming down the pipeline. U.S. consumer confidence. This is an important number, and this is just another example that the consumer psyche is predictable. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at U.S. inflation, you look at all of these things, not a lot of goodness is going on. One area is getting better. Gas prices. 
Now, gas prices have seemed to bottom and turn the other way here recently, but consumer sentiment is up. And it is only because or mainly because of gas prices. If we head into the winter and gas and heat and all of those turn around, we have to buy and replenish our petroleum reserve. It could be bad, but U.S. consumer sentiment up. Five U.S. real estate markets that are cooling the fastest. Um, I'll go number five to number one. Number five, Sacramento, California. Number four, San Diego, California. Number three, San Jose, California. Two, Las Vegas, Nevada. We got to get Brian Lebo back on the channel because, folks, it is October 1st on Saturday. Can you believe how fast this year is going? And the number one market cooling off the fastest, Seattle, Washington, home of Beth Traverso, our Tuesday expert. I look forward to talking to her about the Seattle market next Tuesday uh, to see what's going on. Actually, Beth is not on next week. Beth is going to BPCon. Any of you going to Bigger Pockets conference uh, next week? If so, look up Beth Traverso. She will be there. Uh, say hi. Say hi for me. Um, take a selfie. Tag one until at a time. I would greatly appreciate it. Fed in the housing shortage. Oh, you knew this was coming. At least I knew this was coming. The Fed president, in this case, Patrick Hawker, is blaming inflation on housing. We used to blame Putin. We used to blame this. We used to blame China. Now we are blaming housing. You can't make this stuff up. Patrick Harker is saying the housing shortage is the key driver in our inflation surge. Owner's equivalent rent. Roughly 31% of inflation. So let me ask you a question. Let's, let you and me have a conversation one-on-one. -on -one. If housing is the biggest component of CPI, if you are blaming housing for inflation, does jacking rates up to 4% Fed funds, 4, 5, 5, whatever it is, getting mortgage rates to 7, 8, 9, who knows? How does that help housing? Well, what does it do? Well, without question, it destroys buyers. Demand, gone. What does it do to supply? Well, if you believe what I think, gone. You have record low affordability. So what happens to rent, at least for single family homes? You can't make this stuff up. Can't make this stuff up. Uh, what else is going on? Um, mortgage refis down to a 20-year low. Purchase uh, down 0.4% or 29% year-on-year. DocuSign. DocuSign is just announced laying off 9%. Folks, if you're in the Silicon Valley, uh, tech workers, as I've said for three to four months, make sure you're close to revenue. Make sure you're insulated. I think a lot more pain is coming to the Bay Area uh, tech sector. Um, got to talk about Ken McElroy. Uh, Ken McElroy did a Q&A session on his channel. I, I really like when Ken talks about apartments. Ken McElroy talking about single family homes. A little, it's just not his area. You can't blame him. He's 
He's a big fish. But again, when Ken talks about multifamily, I am interested. Ken McElroy is basically hinting at a lot of pain. Deals drying up, rents getting soft, right? Rents decelerating, expenses increasing. As I have said for six or nine months, you go back on my channel, I think there's a lot of pain coming to syndication. I think there's a lot of people with bad debt, horrible assumptions that are going to blow up. What else? I guess last thing to talk about, I think you're going to see more and more billionaires, more and more Wall Street experts come out and blame the Fed. The Fed did this, the Fed did that. They're going to be whining. The 1% is taking it on the teeth. Asset owners are taking it on the teeth. We have to get through this. This is very much what Paul Volcker went through. If you go back and look at history, which I have, you can actually go to Google and look at some of the articles written about Paul Volcker in the 80s, the early 80s, and he was attacked. Paul Volcker was not celebrated until after he quit, after he resigned as Fed president. Paul Volcker is now talked about with great respect, but in the moment, he was attacked like no one's business. I believe the attacks on Jerome Powell are just starting. He will become the number one hated person in the Americas as he takes on the fight with inflation. All right, folks, I hope you have an amazing day. September 28th, the 10-year hits 4% yesterday. Crazy. Mortgage rates over 7%. Apple backs off production. Tesla currency. Uh, DocuSign laying off. Man, lots of stuff going on in the world. I hope you have an amazing day. Do the work. Get a buy box. Focus. Only great deals, folks. Take care. Bye-bye.